Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. This is a new thing. Um, so, whoo, little weird. I've been building to this for about probably about 16, 17 years. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the new Jesus. Uh, let's review real quickly. Uh, the first time we talked, uh, God stepped out onto space. I'm lonely. I'll make me a man. Uh, you, uh, you were foreknown, chosen, and loved by God before he created the first daisy or the first kangaroo. All right? You are built for relationship and love. That's how your body works correctly. If you live any other way than prioritizing relationship and love, you start to malfunction in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your physical body, your hormones. Uh, it's not if you'll break, it's when will you break and where, but it's a certainty if you're living any other way than prioritizing relationships and love. Now, does that mean if you do live that way, there will be no pain, no problems? No, absolutely not. There is no path with no pain. The difference is meaningful pain versus meaningless pain. All right? You are also built, you're built for love and relationships, but you're also built for selfishness and self-interest. Seek pleasure and avoid pain. We are built with both of those programs and both of them are running from day one. So once we get to 6, 8, 10, 12 where we know the difference between right and wrong, we can logic in our 
mind and brain. We are able to discern and say, no, that is not correct. Yes, that is correct. Rather than just accept whatever happens, once we get to that place, then we're supposed to choose the, the relationship love path or self-interest, uh, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Um, in my experience, about nine out of ten people choose self-interest, seek pleasure, and avoid pain for their entire adult life. Now they may have one area or two where they're living relationships in love, like their children or something like that. Uh, they would probably answer that the most important thing to them is relationship and love, but they're still living, seek pleasure, avoid pain, prioritizing their physical and external circumstances, uh, trying to control end results in the future, getting more of what they want and less of what they don't want all the time. Okay? So that's, that's kind of where we are. Okay? Um, you're built for both. It's your choice. And it's literally your choice every day when you wake up. Alright? So let's, let's start from there. Okay, here you are. And before you, you have to choose a road. You can't keep going straight. You have to go the high road or the low road. How do you decide which to take? Alright? The high road would be relationships and love. The low road would be self-interest, seek pleasure, avoid pain. The low road seems much easier and straighter, okay, than the high road. The high road looks difficult and lots of bends and curves and places you could fall off and get hurt. It takes longer. All of the above, okay? So how do you decide which to take? Well, the first, the first part of that decision to me is what is your worldview? And this is the new Jesus, so I'm assuming that you are a follower of Jesus, but some of you may not be. So very quickly, let me cover a teaching here. If you want to see the whole thing, go back to the foundational material. All right, is there a God or not? The five big questions, things like that. But but this is so relevant. I've got to cover just a little bit of it here. All right. Uh, when Hope kicked me out of the house when I was about 27 years old, uh, we'd been married about a year and a half. She said, "I need you to leave the house. I cannot stand to live with you another day." Okay. And I left. And we were separated for a period of time. She wanted a divorce. Um, during the time we were separated, I went through a spiritual transformation that changed everything for me and my life. It ended up um, changing our marriage. We got back together and things have been wonderful. They're better now than they've ever been 34 years later. All right? But during that time when we were separated, uh, after being really angry, screaming, cursing, you know, that sort of thing, um, I started searching. Because 
the way I had been living was clearly not working. And I wasn't sitting on the couch eating Twinkies and watching TV. I was out working every day. I was reading books on how to be successful. Uh, books that were supposed to be written by people who knew how to become successful and were now telling you the steps to do it. And I was not only reading the book, I was doing what they said. And I had been for probably three, four, five years, and yet everything in my life was sliding into the ditch all at the same time. So I basically threw everything overboard and started over. So I read all of the religious texts. Uh, I read books about New Age. I read books about um, atheism and talk to atheists. Um, I, I really tried to do a pretty exhaustive search of what are all the possible worldviews out there because I've sure been on the wrong one and I don't waste any more I don't want to waste any more of my life. And and if there's a way I can go from sliding in the ditch to being out of the ditch doing well, I I would prefer that. Okay. And what it came down to, to me, I started really with psychology and biology, alright? Because those, I, I kind of knew those. And the psychology and biology is that we are built for love and, and relationship. And that's how our body and mind work correctly. All right, And if we are prioritizing that, the hormones that will be released are oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, all those wonderful feel-good um, hormones and feelings and thoughts to go with them. Like, I could go for days without sleeping if I needed to and be just fine. I could also go to bed and sleep for 12 hours and have the best sleep I've ever had. I'm naturally positive and feeling upbeat and good, okay? Um, you know, uh, that's what I was looking for. And, and that's, and I knew it was possible because it's the way our body, our physiology and psychology are made. That's what we feel and experience when the hypothalamus flips the switch to success, which happens when the hypothalamus picks up, kind of like your cell phone, a love-based signal. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, forgiveness, uh, those things. When the hypothalamus picks that up, coming internally from my memory banks in response to whatever's happened during my day, it flips the success switch and I feel great, I'm thinking great, uh, and, and my body feels wonderful and great. Alright? So I was looking for that in a worldview. And I also knew the biology and psychology that if you're focused on seek pleasure and avoid pain, if you're focused on something that's fear-based, that's really only supposed to happen once or twice a year when our life is in imminent danger and never any other time. Any other time when that's happening, it's a malfunction and the hormones that are released are negative ones. That 
make me have negative thoughts, negative emotions, feel negative in my body, tired, exhausted, can't sleep, anxiety, depression, sadness, all that stuff. Okay? So, I believed that if there is a God, he has to be, he or she has to be a God of love and relationships. Because that's how our body works correctly and doesn't malfunction and we feel great and are healthy and can make a difference in the world and work and all that have a have a great 85 years of life, all right? If we live the other way, we'll be sick, tired, shorter life, not as good a life. So so I sort of had my um my bullseye, okay? If there's a god, then it must be a god of love and relationship because that's how we're built. We are not built for the opposite of that, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and that would be called survival of the fittest. That would come from evolution, okay? That's focus on me. Make sure I stay alive. Make sure I get food to eat. Make sure I get water to eat. Make sure I'm protected. And anytime there's a better cave available than mine, I'm going to move up until I'm finally in the mansion cave, if possible. Even I, And it doesn't really matter about other people. This is about me. That, that's the evolution. That's the way we should be built if evolution is true. The other thing that tipped it for me uh, about um, there being no supreme being or spiritual reality... Um, another thing that tipped it for me is, let's say there is a God or spiritual reality, there isn't a God, this all just evolved, okay? Uh, you have those two possibilities. Well, let's take a look at those two possibilities for a second. If everything evolved naturally, survival of the fittest, natural selection, then that means there are no miracles. It all happened in the course of nature, the way nature works. What's the problem with that? The problem is us being here is a miracle. I mean, you can tap dance around that all you want to, but it is. We're going through the air right now 100,000 miles an hour. <laughs> you realize that? I mean, Let's just take that one. There's probably a thousand different factors that would all have to happen in the correct order at the exact right time, blah, 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 for us to be here the way we are, living the way we are. But just take that one. We're going through space at 100,000 miles an hour all the time. Okay? It's mind-boggling. You really can't explain that as to how we can have things be totally, completely still with no movement or vibration at all while we're going through the air at 100,000 miles an hour. All right? So, to me, you've got two possibilities, but one of them says 
miracles are impossible and they never happen. The other one says, yeah, miracles do happen. In fact, there's a miraculous God or spiritual reality that is behind these things happening that normally couldn't or wouldn't happen. Okay? Well, this is absolutely, us being here like we are absolutely falls into that category. All right, not the just naturally happening one. That does not make sense. And go back and listen to some of the foundational teachings if you want more specifics and data on that. But to me, it's pretty clear. And, and when I was back there um, trying to put my life together, I didn't have any attraction to a certain uh, teaching. I just wanted to find the one that worked. Okay? In fact, the, the one I had been doing would have probably been last on my list because I'd been doing it for years already and it hadn't worked. All right. The other factor on, on this same issue is that I believe love would always choose grace for the object of its love, not punishment, not you've got to do it yourself or you get hammered. Love would always choose grace. Okay? And I only found one worldview, period, that had both grace and justice. And I mean real justice, not just in word. And I believe you have to have both. And it's very difficult to get grace and justice because grace basically says you get a free ticket. Justice says, no, you, you do something, you've got to pay for what you did. All right? Well, you've got to have a system that has both. 100% full, complete grace, 100% full, complete, paid for, justice. And I could only find one system like that in the world. And it was being a follower of Jesus and um, uh, the Bible and Scripture. Although, I will say, there's so many passages mistranslated in many of the translations that what many of us think of as being a follower of Jesus, I would say maybe that's not true. Okay? because things were mistranslated, it came from a pagan origin, not a Christian origin, okay? So, but anyway, the end result for me was being a follower of Jesus in grace and justice, okay? And we've, I, I hope we've talked enough so far about why, okay? Because that is the love path, all right? So, every day when my feet hit the floor, uh, this is me, and this is you. You've got a choice, the high road or the low road, all right? And to me, um, you have this choice every day, at every hour of the day, and yes, if you choose, you can start here and then say, whoa, this is too hard, and then take a little path down to here and start on and and pick up the seek pleasure and avoid pain road because this one 
oh no, that's too hard, uh, too painful. Um, I've got to get some instant gratification. And I've done that a million times, all right? But also, every hour of the day, have the opportunity to either come back and go back down this road or to take the shortcut and get on the high road again and say, ah, fell off my horse, let me get back on, back on the path of love, truth, justice, peace, forgiveness, etc. Okay, so this is where I am today with you. Um, I feel like we've kind of set the stage the last three weeks. And now it's decision time. Now every day it's decision time, but today it is too. It's decision time. And to me, when you're about to make a decision, you need to answer two questions. Who am I? And does this decision I'm about to make Is it in harmony with who I really am? And where am I? Okay? Uh, When we used to go uh, as a family on vacation to Florida, typically my mom or dad would get out the map, okay? And they would start at, you know, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and they would, you know, follow and and find the, the best path to the beach in Florida. And that's the path that we would take, all right? But it depended on where we were and where we were headed. And I believe that's true here as well. First of all, who are you? And I'm going to cover that more next week, your identity, if you are a follower of Jesus or would like to be. And then the where, each of you are in your own place. Okay, and, and we're all in different places. But, but, you can get to the desired destination from wherever you are. You can get there from anywhere, all right? Where's the place in the world today that there is no way to get there? Well, it doesn't exist. You can get anywhere from anywhere. Well, metaphorically, in this spiritual journey, you can get anywhere from anywhere. But you are wherever you are. And I would take stock of that. And here's some things that I think could help you to take stock of where you are. Okay? Number one is temptation. Um, This was taught to me uh, during the time that Hope and I were separated, and it's one of the most profound things that I've ever learned that has changed my life the most. And it's simply this. The root of the word temptation means to be lured from one place to another. To be lured away from where you are to another place. That's what the word means, and that's what temptation means means. Okay? So, here's the question. When you do something that you believe is wrong for you to do, are you tempted to do it before you do it? And then you sort of go back and forth a little bit? Or do you not have any temptation at all? You go completely from not doing it to doing it with basically no resistance, no thought that you shouldn't do it, 
nothing. Okay? Which, which of those happens for you? Well, here's the point. If you have resistance, if you are tempted to do it before you do it, okay, you cannot be tempted you cannot be tempted to be lured to some place where you already are. It's impossible. It violates what the very definition means. So if you are tempted, it is evidence that you're not there. It's evidence that you're saved. If you're tempted to sin, if you're tempted to do something you believe is wrong, that is an evidence that you are saved. Because if you were already lost, it wouldn't so much be a temptation because that's who and what you are now. So you would more likely just do it over and over and over and over and over. Not be tempted. So being tempted is evidence that you're not there and that the place where you are is saved. Okay, now I'm not going to say that's 100%, but probably 99.9. On the other hand, if you keep doing something you believe is wrong and you're not tempted, it doesn't bother you at all. You just do it over and over and over and over and over. You may need to do some repentance, confessing, uh, ask for forgiveness, and then make a commitment to get back over here. All right? where you are tempted. It's not just that you do it. All right. Uh, number two, anger. When, you, when something happens that you don't want to happen and you experience anger, it's evidence that you have a wrong goal. And a wrong goal is something in the future that you want to happen or want not to happen, usually in your physical or external circumstances. So, if something like that happens, the trash falls over and you have to clean it up. Somebody cuts in front of you in the, the um, traffic. Anything. Anything. All right? And what you experience is anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, anything in the anger family. It means that you have a wrong goal. Okay? And you are not going to be... And it means you're on the low road. The, the seek pleasure, avoid pain, what's in it for me road. All right? Um, if you experience disappointment for, who knows, an hour, a day, a week, and then you're, okay, everybody has to deal with stuff in their life. I do too. Let's, let's get up off, let's get back up on the horse and go again. That is evidence you're on the high road. All right? Um, disappointment, okay. Anger, not okay. Wrong goal. And if you have a wrong goal, you're in stress, which means you're in fear. And the opposite of love is fear. All right? Uh, perfect fear drives out. Perfect love drives out fear. Fear is the absence of love. Uh, where there is love, there is not fear. Okay? Where there's fear, there's not love. Now, most of us are on a continuum not completely one way or the other, but, but that's the way it works. All right. I have a uh, new test. In fact, as I'm recording this today, it's not ready yet, but should be like within a week or two, literally. It's called the True You Test. Took me 24 years in all 
to create it uh, because it is, I believe, the very first micro-expressions test in the world. Okay? Which means you can't game it. You can't, um, as long as you tell the truth, you can't beat the test. It will accurately diagnose your unconscious, subconscious, and ancestral issues. And I believe it's the only test in the world that does. Takes about 15 minutes. You have a 10 to 15 page printout uh, in detail of your assets and liabilities. And, and which should show you, are you on the high road, the low road, or are you on both of them sometimes during the day? Okay? So when that's available, I'd highly recommend that. And then the other one is the fruits of the Spirit from Scripture. Um, and I'm told by scholars that the way from the original language the fruits of the Spirit really exist in Scripture is not the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, etc. It's the fruit of the Spirit is love expressing itself as joy, peace, patience, etc. Alright? So, I would go look at the fruits of the Spirit and their opposites. So for love, there's selfishness. For sadness, there's joy. For, for, um, uh, for peace, there's anxiety and fear. For patience, there's anger. For kindness, rejection. So go look at the fruits of the Spirit and their opposites and see, okay, am I 60% living the positive fruits of the Spirit and 40% and I'm in violation I'm doing the opposite, or is it 80%, 20%, or am I, tw or am I 80% in the opposites of the fruits of the Spirit and only 20% in the fruits? That's a great diagnostic, a and you can even do about each one of them, a minus 10 to a plus 10, to see where you are, okay? So, um, those are all things you can use to see who and especially where you are in your journey today. And kind of the culmination of all of those would be 1 Corinthians 13, the chapter on love. Love does not love is slow to anger. Love does not keeps no record of wrongs. Love suffers all things. So go there and make a list of all the things that love does. And then again make a list of the opposite of those things. No, I do keep a record of wrongs. Even if I'm not trying to, man, I can rattle them off back years, alright? And see, am I more in the love camp or the self-interest camp? The opposite of 1 Corinthians 13 is self-interest, selfishness, seek pleasure and avoid pain. So that's what I would do to kind of get a feel for where you are right now, okay? So this, this is showing you before the fork in the road, but in reality, you're already on one of these paths right now, okay? So you may be on the seek pleasure, avoid pain. You may be on the love path. You may be on both of them at different times during the day, but see this as a choice, as a daily choice, and what is your intention and commitment going to be? Is it going to be 
to spend 50% of my time here and 50% of my time here and that way I kind of get my cake and eat it too. I can have plenty of instant self-gratification but then feel like I'm saved. Let me save you some trouble. That'll never work. All right? Uh, fresh water and bitter don't come from the same spring. Good fruit and bad don't come from the same tree. Your intention and commitment is either more on one side or the other and your actions and behaviors are more on one side than the other. And, uh, and so I would take stock of where you are, look at these things to see where you are and who you are, and then make a daily conscious decision to go here and stay there as much as you can. And if you happen to get, have a weak point and drift down to here, that's okay. That's what grace is for. Just, just uh, pray, say you're sorry, ask for forgiveness, and go right back up here and start again. And um, because that was already paid for, that sin before you ever did it. So no problem with that. Remember, there will be no one in hell because of sin. Sin's been dealt with. Sin's been paid for. The only people in hell are those who will not accept the free love of God and Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Okay? So, I hope this week you'll kind of take stock. Now, let me turn this around and... Let's see what the Word has to say, okay? So, the road less traveled or seek pleasure and avoid pain, instant gratification, what's in it for me? All right? Those are the two roads, okay? Proverbs 18, 15, and this is a really cool passage, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that um, until probably about 10 years ago, I did not even realize existed. But the passage is Solomon says, always be open to new things. In fact, search for them. Okay? Always be open to new stuff. We're not supposed to live like this and lock ourselves away. Every cell in your body at any given time is either in growth mode or self-protection mode. If it's in growth mode, it's healthy, it's doing its job, it's reproducing, it's cooperating, okay? If it's closed, it's on the way to getting sick and possibly starting a disease, okay? All right? We are supposed to be open down to our cells, but also in our mind and in our life, okay? The high road for us is supposed to be a great adventure. Let's go. Let's go the hard way. Let's go the dangerous way. The way that requires big time love and faith. Let's... let's do that. All right, Matthew 25, 14. Parable of the talents. If you remember that, uh, basically money was given to invest to several servants. Okay? 
and one was afraid he would lose it and get into trouble, so he dug a hole and buried it to make sure that he wouldn't lose a penny and he could give his boss back the full amount. Another one invested it and made a little bit, and the other one invested it more in, in a more risky way, evidently, and made a lot. And when the boss comes back, um, he reprimanded the guy who took the safe route. Now, don't, don't, don't overlay too much onto this, like investing in Wall Street. I'm not sure this applies to that, alright? But, but, he did reprimand the guy who played it safe, and he even gave his money to the other guy who had been risky and gotten a bigger return. Now, what the parable doesn't address is if someone had been risky and lost the money, alright? But I got a feeling Boy, I should never say that about Scripture. I've got a feeling. Um, I believe that if a person was given money and in all good intention invested it and lost it, I'm not sure they would be reprimanded. I, I, I think it might more be, you know, an arm around the shoulder. Well, good try. I appreciate you trying. I know your intention was good. Maybe you'll hit it better the next time. But we do know the reprimanded one was the one that played it safe. All right, 2 Timothy 1.7. I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. All right? Well, on the other side of the board, that decision between the high road and the low road, what causes you to take the low road? Fear. Fear. I'm scared of that road. It's dangerous. I might get hurt up there. It's longer. There may be mountain lines over there. Alright? So, no. I've, give, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. John 14, 27. Fear not. Which I'm told is uh, said one in one way or another 365 times through Scripture. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Anxiety is the issue of our age. No doubt about it. Biggest issue on planet Earth. Stress is anxiety. They go together. One is non-physical, one is physical. But anxiety leads to stress every single time. And 90 to 95% of all illness and disease comes from stress. Fear not. Be anxious for nothing. Okay? It doesn't say be anxious um, unless this is the situation. Be anxious, um, you know, not nearly as often as you're feeling power, love, etc. No, it says in no situation should you be anxious. Now, I believe that rules out a life or death situation. That even Jesus was anxious, had anxiety, the night before he was taken, all right? When he prayed, let this cup pass from me, all right? But in a non-life or death situation, be anxious for nothing. Matthew 16, 25, who, he who tries to save his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. The road less traveled. Alright? Um, trying to save your life is the low road. Alright? 
Let me be safe. Let me be, you know, um, if you lose your life for following the Holy Spirit, for following God, for risking uh, for a godly reason, risking for love, and love in and of itself is one of the bigger risks we can take because it opens us up to vulnerability and being hurt. Do that and you will find your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans, I know my plans for you. God is saying, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans with hope and a future for you. Okay? So, if God calls us to that high road, His plan is to prosper us there, not to harm us. That's your best future. The high road. Whatever that high road is for you. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Seek, seek, seek. Like, Always be open and searching, okay? We're not supposed to huddle up and lock ourselves into a safe house all the time. We're to be seeking out there, uh, meeting new people, developing new relationships, risking, um, all for God and love, all right? Uh, Luke 18, parable of the persistent widow. And I'm going to read that one in a minute because that one's really cool, I think. Mark 16.25 is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane right before the soldiers come and take him in Judas's betrayal. And he was sweating drops of blood. I believe he had so much anxiety. If there's any way, let this cut pass from me. But then he obviously heard from the Father who said, this is the way we have to go. And Jesus' response, not my will, but yours be done. So, on the road less traveled or the low road, there's going to be pain, right? Just like Jesus had to go through pain. Okay? You have your own path of pain. But let me tell you, if you choose the low road of instant gratification, self-interest, there's going to be meaningless pain over and over and over and over. And there's probably going to also be pain like the uh, inflatable things in, an, in the bowling alleys, the bumper guards, to try to bump you where God wants you up to your high road. Alright? So I believe in a lot of ways there'll be more pain because God's trying to use pain to get you on the right road and meaningless pain over and over and over, okay? Um, so, what's the point if you put all of this together? Well, I believe it's that God wants us here. Let me read that, um, that one passage. All right, Luke 18, 1 through 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. 
He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men, and there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time the judge refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her continuing to come back. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. All right, pretty cool. So God is basically saying, bug me. Keep asking. Don't, don't ask once and that's it. Keep asking. I will give you justice. Justice and love always go together. Okay? So, um, if there's something that, that you're desiring in your life, if you're hitting obstacles here, that's where the pray without ceasing thing comes in. Okay? Uh, with a humble heart, and your will be done, but do not give up. And, and it even said that Jesus, in order to teach them not to give up and to keep praying, told them this story. All right? And basically, that if you do this, God will hear you and he will answer you. Okay. So, today... Where are you? Who are you and where are you? Are you here? Are you here? Are you way at the start? Are you way down toward the end? And it's going to be even harder to either go all the way back in this way or to cut across this way. Um, where are you? Uh, use some of these things to take stock of where you are and then decide, okay, I've lived the way I've lived up until now, but from now on, my intention, my commitment is the high road, the road less traveled, the vulnerable road, the seeking road, the hard, dangerous road, okay? Um, one of my favorite preachers used to say, you know, life is not a destination, it's a journey. You've all probably heard that. But her metaphor was like her going around a mountain and, and trying to get to the top. And that pain, when we hit pain, if we go through it and stay on the high road, if we go through the pain in love and in truth, it bumps us up to the next higher road on the mountain. If when we hit pain on the other hand, we retreat to what is safe and seek pleasure and avoid pain, instant gratification, etc., she would say you've got to go around the mountain on the same road again. 
and then you will hit pain again and you and that pain is the opportunity to go through it in love and go up to the next higher road or if you choose to turn back or deal with it in fear and selfishness you'll go around the same road again and she would say that so many people they just go around that same road their entire life and they never see the wonderful beautiful views and fresh air and flowers and everything else and and the wonders that are awaiting higher up on your mountain and I believe that's absolutely the case alright so no matter where you are today that's not that important I mean I would take stock of it to determine okay this is where I am and this is where I want to go so how do I get there but you can get there from anywhere okay and again it's not about doing it right all the sins have been paid for it's about your intention and commitment it's about faith it's about what you believe okay if your intention is here and eventually here that's what's important God wants your heart what is the desire of your heart is it money and stuff or is it love relationship right with God right with other people regardless of money and my physical surroundings okay two different ways to live so uh, I would invite you today to commit to the road less traveled the high road um, the and and be open seek always be ready to learn new stuff uh, be ready there's going to be pain there's going to be roadblocks there's going to be uh, caverns there's going to be waterfalls there's going to be rivers you have to cross etc but each of those will take you up a little higher in your own life if you go through them on the high road in love and truth instead of the low road in selfishness and seek pleasure avoid pain okay all right hope that helps and have a wonderful blessed day